selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. You know, <laughs> okay, it's actually just so funny because what I love about Shopify is no matter how huge and massive you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control, yes, daddy, and take your business to the next level because we're business women. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash book club. That's shopify.com slash book club, all lowercase. Shopify.com slash book club. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. This is a HeadGum Podcast. Celebrity Book Club. that knocking at the door it's all your friends you filthy whore your husband's gone and we've got books and a bottle of wine to kill it's hollywood it's books it's gossip i'm shook it's memoirs it's martinis it's studio 54 it's celebrity book club come read it while it's hot celebrity book club tell your secrets we won't talk celebrity book club no boys are allowed celebrity book club Club. Buzz me in, I brought the Cuervo. Spingle vibes. Wow. Hey, best hey, friend. Hey, best friend. I am um, so glad to see you again. I am so glad. Truly, actually, so glad to see you. Yeah, it's really and huge. I'm so glad we're potting today. Yeah. And sort of ironically in the evening, even though we'll be talking about a queen of daytime mm, television. But who started as a nightlife act. Yes. And so we're actually kind of being full circle. Containing her multitudes. Mm. We are talking that none other than the grand dame of, of, just, <laughs> of what? She's not really a grand dame. But of lesbian yeah, comedians if, on television? Yeah. Which is kind of not the grand dame anymore of lesbian well, that's comedians She is on not Ellen DeGeneres. She is the first Ellen DeGeneres. Rosie, Rosie O'Donnell. O'Donnell. <laughs> Insert koosh here. Oh, yeah. Koosh. Okay, picture me her thing. pulling was... on my chinny chin hairs. <laughs> Do you remember that? 
No. She would what have on her daytime talk show that I was. Okay, I was obsessed with. I was obsessed with. I was completely obsessed with. No, her daytime I was talk obsessed. Show. With. But how are you watching it? I realized on the television set. Well, okay, that, <laughs> that's clear. So for a while in our childhood, it was on at 11 a.m. and then they moved it to four. You want to know how I to go up it? against Oprah? I would say I wouldn't fake sick. Oh my god! No, wait. This yeah. is my entire childhood. No, I would just be like, "Ooh, I'm not feeling good." Yeah. So literally, I could watch Rosie because it was on like 10 a.m. Yeah, I would do the exact same thing. I honestly, I was fake sick so much, I was literally homeschooled, and <laughs> my teacher was Rosie Donald Price is Right and Days of Our Lives. Like, Rosie was so, obviously, I think it was this early thing within us that we, you know, we knew we were gay, mm-hmm. and she had this, like, And she super knew she fun- was gay deep down, but she wasn't out yet. She wasn't out yet, but she was wearing, Rosie would wear, in her daytime talk show, it was like a pantsuit, but like, with like a silken baby blue, like, button-up, I remember very, like, over the lapels. Very Paula Poundstone what you're describing. Well, she originally did have really Paula Poundstone style, like that like insane 80s like full clown. Like she was like mullet, huge yeah. suit. But this was a little more like I'm trying to be like it was a little more um Christine Quinn. Yes. <laughs> I was going to say the style of like suddenly Susan. Former lesbian city council speaker Christine Quinn, for those of you who don't know. Like, I'm sure they're friends. They must be because Danny O'Donnell is an assembly member and, um, or sorry, a council member in uh, New York. Oh, her brother. Her brother. Her brother is a, um, I think he's also gay. Oh, that makes sense. Usually, she's from a large Irish family. Big Irish family. But so you're going to get a couple faggots in yeah, there. From Long, from Long Island, though. Not Boston. Right. But I mean, the large Irish family, Long Island, greater Boston, it's not. It's, You're it, finding similarities there. Yeah, there, there, there's a lot of cultural overlap, for but sure. But I feel like her suits that she would wear, she probably thought, it's like less Paula Ponson because Paula Ponson was like more full clown, and hers were a little more like, I'm being like a chic, quote unquote, like power 90s businesswoman yeah. at that time. It's that silk collar over the lapel. You're really focusing on this silk lapel. Well, because it's also so Big Bag Voodoo Daddy. It's so the swing revival. So that, it sounds like this was maybe formative for your sense <laughs> yeah, of style. And I mean, her you show was like, pre-swing revival. It was pre-swing revival, which you kind of had a hand in, I feel. <laughs> I started the swing revival at age 11. I actually wrote Zoot Suit Riot. You wrote Zoot Suit Riot. You, you, you reintroduced the jitterbug to a generation of youngsters. In Cambridge, Massachusetts. I signed squirrel nut zippers at the Middle East <laughs> for chocolate milk. I remember when my mom bought my brother six ska CDs. The dream. Because he said he liked ska and he was going to really like it after that. You think she went to HMV, Strawberries? I think she went to Tower. Yeah, Tower's very mom. They got it's everything. Very, it's very mom. And like, I remember the day when she bought me um, the 50 Cent CD and the Coldplay CD. And she was like, here's two CDs for you that I bought. Which still define your music taste because you're so global <laughs> top 50. You're like, I don't have a genre. I like <laughs> pop, rocks, everything. Donna Summer, hip hop, dance music. <laughs> okay, absolutely um, drag me to filth. I'll drag you to filth. Before we get even too deep, so Rosie has a few books. And okay, you're probably well, like, wait, what book are we talking about? Wait, well, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm sure that our listeners are very familiar with the They're canon. on Rosie's of o- of o- of Amazon. <laughs> Bibliography. Okay, so Rosie O'Donnell, just to back up for a second, <laughs> yeah. she is a lesbian talk show host, and so she's most known for having this daytime talk show, which was kind of like... 
Super fun. Super fun. And Pre-Ellen. I, I would say, like, she, Oprah, and Ellen, I would say are, like, the big, maybe only kind of, like, daytime talk people of the past 40 years. Like, who, like, everyone else is just at such a right, lower like level. Right, like a C-list yeah. level. Like, Rosie ruled daytime. She absolutely ruled. And I remember it was such a big deal when they moved her to Florida to go up against Oprah. And I remember my nanny... Heather at the time. Heather, I'm sure we've talked about her in other episodes, but adult, adult, aspiring aspiring adult adult film film star. star. Florida ceiling Tori Amos poster. Friends with Marilyn Manson would call him Brian. Plus size. Yes. (laughs) And that's not... I'm curvy as well. I'm yeah. just <laughs> you are a body positive activist, yeah. and so, so is she. But I remember her just being like, well, you know what? They're going to put her up against Oprah because they want her to be in the big leagues. And you know what? They're both going to lose a little bit of their audience. Mm. You know, and she was she kind of thought it was a bad idea because as someone who wanted to watch both shows, she was going to have to choose. And other people yeah. would, too. And you're flipping back and forth. And I just feel like the person who is watching a 10 isn't so different from the person watching at four. You may get like Insane. nurses mm-hmm. at four who are off their <laughs> shift. I love this. <laughs> like we're in the conference room yeah, at NBC in 1998, <laughs> and you're, you're just right in a driver's seat. Okay, we got nurses. I'm we're wearing, getting nurses into the fold. I'm wearing my silk collar over my silk, silk collar over suit. Huge suit. Honestly, is we that, all have cappuccinos. <laughs> I don't think there's anything that either of us want to be more than a 90s, than a 90s NBC, NBC exec. exec. No, that is That's the all I've true ever dream. wanted to be in and my entire life. And we're pacing down the hallways being like, latte Jonathan stat. <laughs> <laughs> and we're screaming. I'm just like, I would like to renew suddenly Susan just like for another six months. Absolutely. We're bringing Rosie in. People love the kushas. More kushas. More kush, more kush. She would do this thing where she would launch the kushas at the camera as it Panta commercial. Which I'll take any day over just like Ellen dancing to Robin Thicke. You know, it's interesting that two out of the three. Why am I pitting them against them? <laughs> Let's ask that question. Right. Why are women always competing? Right. Why do we talk about their clothes right. when we should be talking about their policies? Why um, am I not pitching Jay Leno against Letterman right now? <laughs> <laughs> She also, anyway, she was saying she would do this thing where she would pull on all of her hairs and have also the cameras zoom into her neck. And be like, look at this one. She would like name them. I feel like for a while she had a. Um, <laughs> this is just turning to like we're just reminiscing like, about our favorite. Such good times. Our daytime though. mom who raised us. But it's interesting the two of the big three, as I'm now calling them, are, are lesbians, yeah. and Oprah is like also a lesbian. Well, like who else could? No offense. Ooh. I mean, rule a daytime rule show. Rule a daytime show. Yeah. We have Not Hoda. some straight woman. I mean, she just, you know, she'd just be beside herself. <laughs> a bundle of nerves. And of course, Rosie's famous crush on the show was Tom Cruise. Right. We we're all to believe. Which is ironic, considering he is gay. He is also gay. God, everyone's a fucking faggot. Yeah. Glass closet, man. Okay, we have to tell. We have to talk about this the book. book. The book is called. Find me. The cover is a matte sheet white mm. little photo of hands holding a rock. No, babe, it's a robin's egg. Oh, <laughs> that's, yeah. like a, that's like a key story in the book. 
<laughs> Y'all think that's a rock? <laughs> so just for our, our oh, listeners, wait, I'll this just is say, amazing. the thing that Lily thinks is a rock is clearly the color <laughs> blue. It's the only blue thing on the whole cover, and it's very smooth <laughs> and egg-shaped. And I am wearing my glasses, so get ready for this. It was published in 2002. My favorite part is who oh, publishes it. Oh, yeah, too. it seems earlier. It feels very 99. It's published by Warner Books and AOL Time Warner Company. Which is just so funny that this is like an AOL book. Well, okay, but well you mean that was like a very big corporate merger that happened? And uh, well, yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay, this is so you to be like, <laughs> Lily, don't you know that was a massive merger <laughs> in two thousand? Stewie, I bet. <laughs> I'm just I think mean, it's funny retro stuff because this book is so iMac AOL. Yeah, it is. No, I mean, a fair, fair point. It's it's a time capsule in many yeah, ways. Yeah, retro stuff. So this book is not a memoir by any means. It is literally, it's a part dream journal, part psychological thriller. I would say this book is a full Law & Order SVU episode. It's definitely a Lifetime movie. It's very, that show snapped. On oxygen. Yeah, it's no, it's 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 snapped in the way that it's like weirdly like low quality and no one's watching it, but like it's is on all the time. It's on all the time, <laughs> and it's like going back and forth. So the whole time, like she'll she'll randomly tell anecdotes from her childhood that are like really sad and dark. Then it'll like jump into a poem. Then it'll like go back to her career as like a talk show host. But the overarching story of the book is like she runs this adoption agency randomly, like in her spare time because she is she. Is Adopts. She adopts. So that's, that's like one of her hobbies is adopting. She has these passions. And, and we learn that, you know, she has this crazy savior instinct. Because so also her mother died when she was very young. Yeah, which is a central theme of the book. So I think she started this adoption agency. To be the mother that she never had. Yes. To her kids. Yeah, that's... Yeah, that's clear. Absolutely. So, <laughs> absolutely. Well, absolutely. Yeah, that's absolutely fair analysis. And I would say we picked this book up because we were like, we love the 90s. We kind of just like thought it was going to be a memoir and maybe like thought it was me just like poetry and ridiculous. Like, I know Rosie has like crazy dark poetry and is unhinged. Yeah. Well, because she also, because her post career has been really wacky and random. With The View and Post The View. It's yeah. like, we know she's a crazy blogger. So I think we were just like, okay, this book will be totally crazy but i don't think Nothing neither of us for, so the central like theme of the book is her talking to this one woman who like approaches the adoption agency says she like is pregnant and like wants to give the baby up for adoption and this woman has this crazy mother and daughter pair barb and barb Stace, and stacy a mother and daughter pair the mother brings her 14 year old daughter stacy but she doesn't bring her in she like calls the adoption agency the woman is based in oregon and then Rosie, like, for some reason, she takes an interest she has in this a, She case. has a tick with so, it. Oh, well, she gets a spingle. A spingle. Which so, we'll explain. In, let me just like, finish You finish, and then we'll explain what a spingle so is. So this woman has, like, has this crazy story. She was raped. She loves in sync. She is poor. Oh, so it's a woman. She's 14. Sorry, yeah. So this 14-year-old girl, sorry. Was, like, raped by her pastor. Raped by her pastor. It's Yeah, it's, like, really, so really dark. dark. And Rosie is just, like, so interested in this person and, like, calls her. And it's just, like, you know, I, whatever you need, I'm, like, going to be here for you. And she ends up getting to this crazy phone relationship with this girl. Not and the mom. romantic, but and the mom. Where she's constantly having these late-night phone calls over the course of months with this woman she's never met. She's, like, addicted to it. She is married at the time to her first wife, Kelly. Just want to say that. And it's, like— Who appears in the book, I don't know, twice? Once? Twice? And she— 
clearly says, you know, this this obsession with Barb and Stacy and this woman who ends up having multiple personalities, like it took over my life and took like first place, except for my children and my marriage. And it's like, okay, you just like gave away the big reveal. We could start over. If we, do we want to build? I mean, well, I was gonna say like with because it, it does get to this yes. point where like you're reading this book and you're like, this is random. She's like having these phone conversations with this person. She's like then talking about her childhood and like her mom died, and then she's writing a poem, and then she's just like, I loved my show. I made all the money in the world, but make it a- didn't make me happy. But then, like halfway through, her friend Carolyn, who is totally dry and calls her on her bullshit. We all have a Carolyn. Okay. Carolyn comes over and she's like, you know, Rosie, I think this relationship is a little weird. Have you ever met this woman? And then Rosie's like, well, no, I haven't met her. We talk all the time. And she was just like, are you sure she is who she says she is? And Rosie's like, well, of course I'm sure. And then Carolyn listens to Two voicemails. And she realizes the voices? Mm, Sound? No, so she listened to a voicemail from Barb and Stacey, the mom and and the daughter. And Carolyn goes, these sound like the same person to me. I'm reading the book and I'm like, this book is random. But at that scene, the Carolyn scene. Then you were in. That I was like, my heart, I've been dropped. No, I was paging through this book. Then I just started tearing through the pages. I sit up till 5.30 one morning. I mean, my, my... boyfriend, excuse me, is asleep. You're not going to light on. I don't care. So that's when I, because that's when I wanted to ask you, like, when did you think something was up? And when Carolyn says, it's the, well, yeah. I think this is to the same person, did you believe Carolyn? I, or did you have this hope that Barb and Stacy were were different? I, I didn't know what the, the hoax was. I didn't necessarily think it was the same person, mm-hmm. but I thought she was right to be suspicious, and then I knew. I mean, I assumed it was more hoaxy than what you ends up You thought maybe they, it was like a money thing. I thought it was a money thing. I assumed there would be some scam, ultimately, where she was just like, the hospital bill for my you know, miscarriage or whatever is going to be six grand. I didn't feel... Which Rosie totally would have sent her. Well, that's the thing, because in the whole book, like, Rosie is very ready to give money to these people, and they keep on denying it. But wait, so what did you think when that happened? I was definitely edge of my seat. I Were you team Carolyn or team Rose? I was definitely team Carolyn, but, like, a 5% of me Mm. was team Rose. You wanted to believe. I wanted to believe, but wow! I really like didn't want to believe. I was like, Rosie is spending too much time talking to this girl. Well, I wanted this girl Rosie is random. Like, so what's scary? I was in Team Row and the fact that I wanted her to keep on going with this crazy, and it's just like I wanted Rosie to stop because it becomes like selfish on Rosie's part, which is what her friends tell her. Mm. They're just like, I don't know if you're like even helping this person. Like, you're like continuing this, like, crazy cycle. You think Rosie's an absolute narcissist? I mean, obviously. Well, yeah, it's just, like, She's full savior complex, and it's just, like, the I, only way I, mean, I don't know how you'd be a daytime talk show TV host without, without being, being a, a narcissist. narcissist. The best part is also just, like, all these amazing, and again, back to our fantasy of, like, being in an NBC, like, boardroom of, like... Of them trying, begging her with, like... She wants to... Hundreds of millions. This is all happening at, like, the height of Rosie's career. No, literally. She couldn't be doing better. No, she's literally the most popular person in America. And meanwhile, it's like, we're there, we're nine years old, we're watching Rosie, we're loving it, Mm. we're like, mm, I have a cold, and then the moment... That show goes off. She's running to her, as she describes it, 
Toontown styled office. <sighs> and this is a point I wanted to bring up to you. Why are all lesbians like obsessed with the Looney Tunes Chi- well, aesthetic? <laughs> the childhood thing, I think, is what's happening there. I think it's Peter Pan syndrome. Okay, more than also just like the 80s. It's both. I think it's both. I think it's, but I think I it really think. is. Yeah, because like lesbians love like, you know, like backpacks, uh, right. superhero underwear, superhero underwear, uh, hot dog wallpaper, you know. Taz. It, it's, it's infantilizing stuff. And even the color schemes, you know, like the bright color. I mean, the kooshas, right? It's the kush. So basically her office was like, so like neon and like full of denim. I just want to read this page of... What but yeah, I mean that—that's an interesting like. thing. I'm not there's there's a Freudian thing in there somewhere. But yeah, I, I do think that there's a Peter Pan thing going on there because it's like reclaiming the childhood. I mean, I think I'm sure like I did that in my like teen style by like being so like Taz and '80s because you're like. But I think that was just more you being retro and '80s, and okay. like that was like the style for indie kids to do at that point when you right. were doing that. Okay. Like you haven't maintained that, and even color wise, I wouldn't say that you favor a brightly color no, palette at I'm all. No, I'm not Toontown. I mean, you like you know old men from the 40s and old watches from the 40s (laughs) (laughs) that's sort of where you live but yeah i would say the most a lot of lesbians are like hey crazy new balance and like a crazy sneaker and just like bright colors and just like unicorn stuff um just for a second so her office she goes my office is painted a cherry yellow with shabby chic couches done in soft denim and striped pillows My assistant Mary has curly long hair. She wears pulled back with a butterfly beret. There are coolers stocked with Perrier's, slim fast shakes, and Snickers bars. In my studio, it feels like nothing can go wrong. Yeah, nothing can go wrong in my slim fast palace. I also love that idea of like the Kardashian fridge is like also vitamin water and kombucha and like essentia. You love the idea of the Kardashian fridge. It's one of my favorite things. And when when I make it, I'm going to have a beverage fridge. I mean, you can, you know how I am very like always having 30 seltzers in the fridge. I mean, I know I do a lot. Well, I have, can a, do that. I have a set of oh, streams. So. Stream. I'm not going to lie. No, Soda Stream doesn't, it, it doesn't, doesn't compare. It doesn't, it doesn't taste as good. good. I'm with you, but I'm also like the amount of seltzer I drink, mm-hmm. I am wanting to cut down on my plastic. No, I feel bad <laughs> about the obscene, 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 obscene about of recycling. You're pounding through like But 10. it's also like aluminum and aluminum can be recycled. Yeah. But then you're carrying it. You know what I mean? I pop it in the fridge. I have cold seltzer anytime oh, I care. want. Oh, I know what you mean, sister. Yeah. I am lugging <laughs> those, those 12 packs from Associate all right the way up home. the stairs. And you know, I mean, you're on the third floor. I'm on the fourth floor. Yeah. I mean, but your stairs are much more. There are um, like eight floors, yeah. it feels like. It's absolutely Everest getting to your apartment. So... That's just a sidebar. Anyway, and it's just like this 90s version of this fridge stocked with Slim Fast. So she has 90s Kardashian fridge. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Kardashians, I'm sure, and I'm sure Chris was keeping the house stocked with Slim Fast in the nannies too. I was also, I remember so many other like nannies of my friends. This is before we met. I had this friend who had this nanny who was this, like, like, you're cheating on me with other nannies? This like big Minneapolis chick who like also very similar, like loved Third Eye Blind and like was always going to like the rock clubs and left in the middle of the night. Oh, she was, she was your Heather. Yeah, she was kind of a Heather. She like, literally broke up with your family in the middle no, of the night? No, not my family. This was my best friend Meredith's family. Oh. And it was like this huge shock. Like they woke up and there was just like a note being like, I'm that sorry. Is- Cold. Is she yeah. fucking burgered them? Yeah. Like, didn't. Oh, burger. Burger sex, sex in the city. Yeah. 
And she also like lived with them and just like, yeah, it was so like crimped hair. I mean, never trust a girl with crimped hair. <laughs> Say it again. They will walk out on your family, <laughs> <laughs> leaving you high and dry. I mean, I'm sorry, but she yeah. left those parents without childcare. She did. That is wrong. I just really want to know why. Mayor, if you're out there, call in. Call in. She was chugging Slim Fast shakes. That's like the point of that <laughs> Wait, story. Wait, okay. My 90s nanny, so, Paulette, was always yeah, chugging Slim Fast. It's so like 90s nanny and who I'll tell you're you, like. It did not work. Okay. Okay, wrap that so, up. Um, sorry, where I do we? think that's true. Oh, so, Rosie, this Toontown aesthetic, Koosh thing, it's like, you know, a lot of people say, like, I don't know. Is that a theory? Like when your mother dies, or if you have this experience as a tragedy as a child, like it stunts your it stunts your maturity or something, maturity or something, or yeah, or it's like something tragic happens, and so it's like you are like replaying it or something, or you kind of like want to stay in that space because you haven't like moved, resolved it. And obviously, this book is very like unresolved. A lot of unresolved, <laughs> lot of unresolved stuff. And being like, let me be the mother that... That was taken from me. That was taken from me. By father time, by, by cancer. By cancer, not father time. <laughs> um, so anyway, so Carolyn kind of like gets wise to the fact that this woman is crazy. And down the line, this woman like, she's supposed to have this baby. And then she calls and she's like, oh no, like I'm having a miscarriage. And then the mom is like, yeah, she's in the hospital. Everything's like uh, horrible. And she's having this horrible miscarriage. And, and meanwhile, then- Rosie is like, she's so not suspicious. Like... At all after it's many warnings so 90s, because like, like there's like no way she, to check things. Yeah. Because she's like calling the hospital. Yeah. And they're like, there's no record of this woman. And then she finally talks to this social worker in the town and she's just like, oh, this is someone that this we know. Is, yeah. We're very aware. And of course, they're being like, it's very confidentiality. She calls. It's like not even like a cop or something like that. And they're like, all we can tell you is that we're like very aware of this name. Oh, right. It's also insane because it's literally Rosie's adoption agency and she only checks in with her own adoption agency like months later and they're like, oh yeah, this case is like invalid. You know, she finds that the woman has multiple personalities and they start emailing. And so then later in the book, it's just like all these texts of these emails and the woman will email in her different personalities and there's... Oh wait, back up though. She finds out she has multiple personalities through finding out this woman's therapist. Oh, right. Tina. Tina. And the woman, like, basically gets permission from Barb, Stacy, Melissa. These are all some of the identities. Being like, yes, you can talk to Rosie, I guess. And Tina's like, yes, she has multiples. Like, horrible things happened to her in her childhood. Do you know anyone who's, who's multiple? No. Same. Do you? I don't know anyone who's multiple. But I am a Gemini. Anyway, and also in this book, they say it's like not a diagnosis anymore. Oh my God, but I did meet that guy. Remember when I interviewed that guy for the magazine that I founded at NYU? (laughs) (laughs) When I took making a magazine class and we started a magazine called Volume. Yeah, I remember that. Which I have successfully used to get into fashion shows before by saying I'm with Volume Magazine. Very cool. And I wrote an article because I was like well the magazine has to have articles about this guy who was running for Senate in New Jersey Jeff Boss Mm -hmm. and he has multiple personality disorder well he was yeah he was schizophrenic which is different maybe we're gonna actually gonna bring in an expert now yeah I wish we could should we get my I wish we could get my mom in the line yeah celebrity book club this episode is sponsored by ZocDoc You're trying to find a cause for your symptoms. 
achy back, headache, runny nose, itchy eye, wart on my genitals. So let me guess, you stumble down a TikTok rabbit hole full of questionable advice from so-called experts. Suddenly I have cancer? Uh, no thank you. <laughs> there are better ways to get the answers you want and the care you deserve from trusted professionals and not random people on the internet. Though randoms, I love you, and my TikTok addiction, yeah, it stands. But I'm sorry, Lily, you shouldn't be getting medical advice from some girl in her grandmother's basement in Toronto. ZocDoc helps you find expert doctors and medical professionals that specialize in the care you need and deliver the type of experience you want. That's right. Ditch the talk, get the doc. ZocDoc is the only free app that lets you find and book doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, are available when you need them, and treat almost every condition under the sun. No more Dr. Roulette or scouring the internet for questionable reviews. With ZocDoc, you have a trusted guide to connect you to your favorite doctor you haven't met yet. Mm, I love a trusted guide, like the time I climbed to Machu Picchu on the Inca Trail with a team of Sherpas. Millions of people use ZocDoc's free app to find and book a doctor in their neighborhood who is patient-reviewed and fits their needs and schedule just right. So find your Sherpa at ZocDoc.com. Go to ZocDoc.com slash book club and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. Slay. Many are available within 24 hours. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash book club. ZocDoc.com slash book club. Ditch the talk. So Rosie grew up. Mm. And as we kind of shall go, as we said, from just like childhood, we were like, oh, okay, this is a memoir. And then to just like these just like printouts of AOL emails like in a super bold. Yeah. And you're like, like, but so is Rosie's mind. Exactly. (laughs) Rosie from large Irish family, I would say eight people. Mm -hmm. Her mother died like very sadly of breast cancer, like when she was like 10. Which of course later became one of Rosie's biggest causes. Yeah. I remember when she was always, uh, she was getting women to go get mammograms and she had this whole campaign, get squished. And she would have like, which I literally need to go do in this podcast cast is a reminder for me to get my first ever mammogram. So this is just a shout out PSA. Yeah, um, actually, like, yeah. ladies, if Do you're you over 30, get a mammogram, see a gynecologist Over ever. 30. <laughs> <laughs> so after that, Rosie is, like, very sad. She's always, like, running from school, like, just having so many, like, crazy days, blurry moments. And, like, Oh, yeah, like when the teacher doesn't know that her mom's dead. And, and he then... was like, go call your mom. And she runs out of the school and goes she, hides yeah. under a pool table. In her neighbor's house. Sneaks into the window, hides under the pool table. And then her brother has to go uh, driving around the neighborhood in a cop car. coming, Calling, Rosie, where are you? Rosie, where are you? (laughs) Rosie, where are you? Anyway, and and I think the dad was, sounds like, doing the best he could, but was, you know... But he was also like a distant dad, as a many dis- were in the 70s. Yes. And, you know, the Irish, they're, they're great storytellers. What was weird about her dad is that he was a defense contractor and worked for Northrop Grumman and was like designing spy satellites in the Cold War and was like so anti-Russian and was just like so suspicious. You know that scene where he's like, she was like, he would always be saying, they're watching us. They're watching oh, us. The Russians right. can read our license plates. They're watching us. 
So he was this just like absolutely paranoid. He was a spook. He was literally a spook. Well, and he probably, I bet he got more and more paranoid after the mom died. Yeah. But also the job. But that also influences, I feel like, Rosie's vibe. Yeah. Like all of her poetry about Trump. Yeah. I mean, she is, she's very hashtag resistance. Yeah. She is ultimate woman who's 57 with a resist tattoo. Yeah, she's got a resist tattoo. Well, as she also, you were just mentioning earlier, she's friends with Kathy Griffin, who's like the most resistance person ever, and yeah. who's just like everyone is a Russian bot to her. So they came up together, as yeah. we'll say in Mark <laughs> Marin terms, as comedians. So there's definitely not in this book, like, any like thing about like how she became a comedian. It's very like childhood when I was 11 and sad and kind of dirty, and she refers to herself as a swamp person. Which I think means, like, you're kind of, like, dirty or, like, don't shower a lot or grow up with a bad childhood because then she'll be, like, there was another Irish family who were super swamp people who were, like, were, like even dirtier. But then she refers to her assistant also as a swamp person. I know. She's just like, Jeannie, my fellow the swamp, swamp person, person, got me my iced coffee. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that's kind of rude. <laughs> but okay. But I get that. I guess, like, we always call me, like... The Swampstress. Well, that's is for one a different your, reason. Right. That's for me kind of just being like a... <laughs> that's for you... Um, being like... Liking to stay in bathtubs so, <laughs> so you can eat all day without overheating. <laughs> um, anyway. Um, so, and then it's just like, I went to BU and then there's just one line where she's just like, and someone told me, which is a Jesuit school, Catholic family. She's like, he told me I would amount to nothing. What does it mean when a school is a Jesuit school? Like, what... It's like, is your teacher like a pastor? Or is no, it like, just Jesuit means even like a real it's thing? generally Catholic, I feel like. It's just Catholic. It's just yeah, like it's a not like Catholic. there are nuns. Right. I mean, again, don't quote me. <laughs> Actually, every Jesuit school does have a nun. Yeah. So, there has to be a nun on staff. Because they're always like, well, Loyola is a Jesuit school. Right. Like, mm. <laughs> they do always say that. Wait, is but BC is not? BU, I guess, is... I feel like BC, growing up in Newton, where BC is, I'm always driving by it, and it's always being, like, being looking Jesuit so vibes. Jesuit. It's looking way more like church, monastery, like... That will be a fun little project for us. Yeah, to sort of look into Jesuit and its meaning and kind of its yeah. connotations. Later. It's so over. crazy to read this book when, and, like, we're only hearing hardly again about Kelly, and this is a clue, because... Rosie's romantic life has been so completely insane. Yeah, she's she's been married like six times. Like 70, like literally 70 times. And like, and the most recent one was a Boston cop who our good friend Mickey Blanco met at the GLAAD Awards this past year. Right. And my question was always like, how are they splitting their time? <laughs> you mean between Boston and Boston like, coppery and just like her and her like New Jersey? Is. Well, I feel like when a rich person marries a cop, the cop stops being a cop. Like Miranda yeah. and her little cop boyfriend. Exactly. And they're still just like, I'm a cop. And it's like, no, you're not. No, you're not. You're a former cop. Now yeah. you're a house husband. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure Rosie is making her new cop wife just like do so much. No, they broke up. Oh, they already broke up. Yeah. And last year, like, her youngest daughter, like, went missing and was shacked up with, like, a Tinder guy who was a meth dealer. Uh, Honestly, she's, like, a horrible influence. And when she even talks about her friends, she has this, like, disdain for her friends. Like, her friends are coming over and being like, you're crazy. You're spending too much time talking to this person. We're trying to help you. We're literally trying to help you. And she's like, yeah, I have great friends. And it's like, you fucking bitch. And it's like, at the end of the book, she's like, and I do realize that, like, only you can help yourself. And this was, like, she kind of gets that, like, she was only doing this for herself at the end. Yeah, but she doesn't get it, But has no perspective at all. No. 
I do love, though, how she fucking um, drags the Make-A-Wish kids. So let me pull, I'm going to pull that up. She's, like, talking about how, like, some of the Make-A-Wish kids, like, you know, I take them to the show, whatever. But there's this one kid who, like, got better and then, like, still wanted to come again. And then she was like, okay, fine. But then he just, like, wanted to come a third time and, like, get so many gifts. And she just was just like, okay, I have to cut you off. Like, you're literally not even sick anymore. Like, get a life. Let me just read a passage of an actual, like, conversation she had with, like, a parent. Are you insane? Do you think your son is the only sick kid in the world? You've been here three times already. Enough! What the hell are you teaching him anyway? Your request is totally out of line and inappropriate. So was my rage at her. But I was too concerned with me at the moment. Shocker. I had done my part. I was expecting her to do hers. Didn't she get the script? And this is her imaginary script for how things should go between a dying child and Rosie. The celebrity and the sick kid. It's like, also, imagine, this is Rosie. At her big old Mac in her weird craft room, composing this as her wife and children are outside. (laughs) Celeb. Hi, what's your name? Kid. Give name. Celeb. Nice to meet you. How old are you? Kid. Give age. Celeb. Here's some stuff I got for you. Kid. Thanks. I feel better already. Celeb. I'm glad you do. Kid. Can I take a picture with you? Celeb. (laughs) Sure. The end. My giving is impulsive, driven by a demon who also happens to have a huge heart. The contradiction exhausts and embarrasses me. And it's like, yeah, a demon does. I, I really like you just transitioned to horny voice. Like, <laughs> wait, do you want to read that dialogue back and forth? Yeah, that'd be fun. It was a little confusing the okay, way you were saying okay. kids. Kid, okay. All right. Uh, Stephen and I are about to read a imaginary script written by Rosie. This is how she imagines all interactions between celebrities and dying children. Should go. Should go if the celebrity is behaving themselves. And the kid. Hi, what's your name? Steven. (laughs) Nice to meet you. How old are you? Seven. Here's some stuff I gotcha. Oh, thanks. I feel better already. I'm glad you do. Can I take a picture with you? Sure, kid. The end. <laughs> and yeah. yeah. And then I don't die. No. Or I die a couple weeks later. Or then I you get better and you run. ask me for more tickets and I scream at right. your mother. You scream at my mom for being a gold digger who's only out for After tickets. After Rosie tickets. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, back in the day, Rosie tickets were gold. I would have loved to see Rosie. I would have killed. Yeah. Would have killed to be in that. Killed audience. a dying. Killed a dying child. Make a wish child. To take their make a wish place. Um, I also want to just a little shift subject. I want to talk about mm, maybe Rosie's celebrity crush in this book. Angelina Jolie. Yes. Her real celebrity clash? Yeah. Not clash. Um, her, real, her real clash? <laughs> uh, Michael, who's your clash? Mm. So. Blah, blah, blah. This book is about, like, her addiction to this one with multiples. Blah, blah, blah. Her childhood. And then she'll just be like, a dream I had. And they're all about Angelina Jolie. (laughs) I wonder why. I mean, she has good taste. Yeah, she's hot. The bi icon of the 90s, early 2000s. Tammy Lynn. Oh, oh. Angelina Jolie is the bi icon. Tammy Lynn Michaels is also kind of a bi icon. Uh not wow okay so yeah take that back <laughs> i guess i just feel like she did become become she did become, become famous did. go ahead and become for marrying melissa etheridge but i feel like not that many people were like horny for tammy lynn she was like damn if i could only get angelina jolie and like we could adopt damn. like no the world hasn't seen <laughs> she could adopt 400 kids yeah from every country excuse me on earth though i feel like rosie's very like i want my children yeah 
She's like, let's sort of keep it. Keep it Long Island. Let's keep, keep it, it Long Irish. Island. Let's keep it in-house. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, I do remember watching her as a kid on the show and when Sandra Bernard's on the show or something. And she's like, and you know what I told Parker? I said, you know what, sweetie? Some babies grow from the tummy and other babies grow from the heart. And I remember thinking, oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, and like, and that kind of like... I do feel like she did normalize yeah, norm- adoption. She had normalized adoption. Because like, I don't know if you like had kids if that I, were like adopted. If I had any pets that were adopted. adopted. I feel like it was always like, she's adopted. No, it literally was. <laughs> <laughs> it was like actually so shameful and secret. Yeah, it's and like it was Sarah's, oh, well, no, she's, she's adopted. adopted. <laughs> but I think I would say Rosie maybe is different in the way of like, I think Ellen is like so like dum de dum. Like all my jokes are so PG. Yeah. I think Rosie is a little bit more like, is friends with Kathy Griffin. She's like sassy New York. She's more of a sassy New York broad. Yeah. Right. It's not like such a like, I'm completely lifting the mask. I mean, clearly she's very troubled. Yeah. Ellen is more two faced. Yeah. And I think Rosie more just probably has a more like, she's kind of a brassy. She's just sort of brassy, brassy. broad. It felt like she had a lot of heart, you know? Also, of course, 90s, like, it was not a question of just, like, it was like, she's adopting. Obviously not because she was, like, a lesbian. Right. No one questioned why she um, didn't want to do it the old-fashioned way. Exactly. Even with her crush on Tom Cruise. Mm -hmm. I remember when he came on the show once. And, you know, I was watching as I did most days. (laughs) See, it sounds like you got to watch it a little bit more than me. I'm remembering so many specific scenes. And he's in the show, and she was she was fake mopping off sweat as if she was so so embarrassed and horny. And just being like, whoo, whoo. And he was just like mugging and smiling and grinning. And you're just like, what on earth is happening here? So crazy. Yeah. Two gay people pretending to be straight for America. At 10 a.m. At 10 a.m. And then they're like, she's like, hey, want to cool down with a slim fast? (laughs) Oh, my God. Spingles. Spingles. Okay. Okay. So. So. A spingle is a term she tells us early on in the book. term that she invented. A spingle basically is a premonition. Mm. It is the feeling on your back Mm. when you have that little tingle. A little tingle, and it goes all the way down your spine. And it's kind of ASMR-y, but a spingle is truly like being psychic. But the thing is like... Not full being psychic. Wait. (laughs) When she psychically knows that her brother's daughter is going to have cystic cystic fibrosis fibrosis before it's born. And it's like... A lies, babe. That's a lie. I don't think that you knew that. But the other times, it's just a shiver. And it's just like, this is just a shiver, babe. Like, you had a shiver? Okay. And you had a little feeling? Like, it's not... It's never... Like, she's wanting the reader to be so shocked by her spingle. Right. And then she'll tell us the spingle. And it's like... Hmm. Uh Uh-huh. Like, the, like, central spingle of the book is this robin's egg where she finds like an egg that fell out of a nest and she like keeps it. Her son finds it or, or something? Her son finds it. And then she's like, I got a spingle when I put the egg in the box and then like it never hatched and that's just the story and it's like, okay. Oh, but then, no, no, and then she like cracks it. Oh, right, to see what's inside. And like it was... And it was like a Alive. partly, for- no, it was like, it was partly dead, formed. but it, it was, was like de- partly yeah. formed. And it's like, So yeah, you had that's- a spingle that it wasn't just an egg and like maybe it had formed a little bit? It's kind of just like, isn't that what happens with an egg? With like a wild robin's egg There's at all? Like, and she's like, has, like spingle, a- it had like a tiny beak. And yeah. you're like, mm, <laughs> it's like, I don't know if that is that's, a spingle. That does, that's just nature, babe. She'll also write in this way, like for dramatic effect, where it's like, Blah, 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 my brother had, like, a child with cystic fibrosis, period. New line. 
Spingle. Period. <laughs> Period. New paragraph. Well, also, also new chapter. There's 60 oh. chapters in this book. Every And the book is... <laughs> Wait, literally how many chapters are there? It's like 700 chapters. And there's and only it's 200 so, pages. The font is so big. The font is absolutely That was massive. kind of fun. And I would say, because at first, Steve, you were like, what I, the fuck is I this book? I was a bit of a naysayer about this book. And I was like, just keep with it. <laughs> and it gave me just a general sense of accomplishment to burn through chapters. Yeah, that's actually a pro tip number one. Yeah, somebody's book club um, tip. Yeah. If you want to read a book and you want to feel like you've done something, get a short book. Tons of chapters. Tons of chapters and a big You're old like, font. boom, I'm on page 100 and it's chapter 50. Yeah. No, you'll bang out like 60 pages in 20 minutes and feel like a goddamn rock star. Anyway, so I'm just like, I do now want to read Rosie's book about leaving the view, which I think will be like a lot crazier. Well, not a lot crazier, but spicier and yeah. Different way. I think that'll be sort of more of your classic dish. Crazy dish Hollywood TV memoir, not like this I mean, weird adoption They wouldn't thriller. let her write this adoption thriller today. <laughs> <laughs> like you couldn't like I don't think Rosie's They it sounds like she does what she wants. I don't I think if she went to Random House with this book, they would just oh, be like yeah. be like, mm, I don't know about an adoption thriller. Why don't you write about like your talk show and yeah. like the guests and like juicy backstage stories and like your career and oh, your okay, you right. know for sure. Because Kalia this like after they wouldn't let you put on these dreams and emails and like, no, dream, no, like no, there's no. so many dream segments in this AOL book. was given a book to whoever yeah <laughs> they were thrown out and as they say when she was so at this like height of Stacy stuff she was like they were like do you want to renew the contract for just like one oh, well, million dollars well this is so actually I think I heard a rumor once that the, the, the contract was maybe possibly north of a hundred million wow, for like what? five years That's or something right. but like and because I remember her talking about it on Alec Baldwin, and he has that oh, podcast. Oh, that's so good. That's like. And here's the what thing. He, oh, right. And here's the thing. Da, da, da. And she was like, she was talking about how she didn't renew the contract and like how they were offering her like sick money. And she goes, Oprah money. And then Alec Baldwin was just like, my God. <laughs> And she was like, I don't want it because the Stacy multiples thing was like, I really need to spend more time at home on my huge iMac. Well, you know what it emailing. reminds me of now? Like, the fact that we were watching this as kids and she was running home and emailing a person with multiple personality disorder in mm-hmm. Oregon. Very Leia Ramini. Oh, being on King of Queens King and of then Queens going and to SeaTac. Going to Clearwater to the Scientology headquarters and, and just getting like audited for nine hours a day. Hotel rooms and then being like, like, what is your brushes. name? What is your name? What is your name? Yeah. <laughs> and she, then like she goes Connected back to, to work. Diodes. And Kevin James is like. How was your summer? She was like, fine. It was fun. We went, we went to Florida. You know, what's behind the picket, the Hollywood picket fence? Oh, my God. Lily, that phrase. I'm obsessed. What's behind the Hollywood Hollywood picket picket fence? fence. We never know. We never know. We think, oh, they're so rich. They have no problems. Right. No. No. They are actually really abusive to their staff. They are extremely (laughs) abusive and manipulating. And very manipulative (laughs) to the people in their life. So please be my Carolyn if I ever get to this point. Segment 
How does she live? What does she eat? And what does, what she, does she wear? Okay, so what does she wear? We've kind of gotten into it, but you know, big, big well, her big her blazers. For the show, style, I guess, 90s style for just like her big blazers. I think at home she is she loves a, a handkerchief, um, a bandana, bandana around her head. As She's often very <laughs> bandana while decoupaging. Yeah, big T. I, I mean, I home mean, lesbian style. I think she's big gray sweats. And she's a big, big gray tea. sweats. I don't think she gets dressed in anything presentable ever. <laughs> no. And if she is going to like an AIDS charity event yeah. or a physical premiere, yeah, she's putting on like a big weird <laughs> those are suit. Ac- those are accurately the two things she would <laughs> yeah. ever leave her house for, an AIDS charity event or a physical premiere. <laughs> But, like, she's obviously not, like, Bindle and Keeping at all. I feel like it's so, No, like, she's not getting some custom Bindle and Keep, which was a custom lesbian suitery. Um, <laughs> she's absolutely having some, like, big old Macy suit. Yeah. But it's, like, I feel like, weirdly, she's well, it, still throwing weird. on the makeup. Like, she futches it up a little bit. Yeah, she'll futch it up for, what's it called? For Amfarb. Amfarb, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm talking about. We have, if you watch Kathy Griffin's Allegedly... She tells an amazing story about her and Kathy. I mean, her and Rosie at an Amfarb event. Oh, right, because they're like they're friends. Yeah, and I think Rosie is like one of the bigger people that like stood by Kathy during her, her cancellation. Time, yeah. And you know who else did? Kim Kardashian. Mm-hmm. Her, neighbor, the, her neighbor. Her neighbor. Kim Kardashian. How does she eat? I mean, I read the menu at Joe Allen's. Yeah, I- <laughs> it's chicken. Fucking parm. <laughs> I mean, yeah, she's just like I doubt she's really like. I mean, maybe she's just like kind of evolved in the way that yeah. The I think now, has yes, evolved. I don't think she's chicken parm every night. I did see a video from her Insta of her and her now ex cop wife where she was having her cop wife go into Panera to pick them up food. Oh, so gross. okay, so she hasn't yeah. evolved that much. No, but I'm sure like she's having a salad from the Panera pickup. That's it's like a, a Panera salad. Sa- no, like, I mean salad on this. I mean there's oh, right, a sandwich, side salad. Side to salad. The, yes. uh, Panera is so like mix and match. And yeah. Like, oh my god, they're mix and match. Just like I want a half soup and a quarter sandwich and a side salad and like a half a breadstick and it's everything just, like, is half and it's always too expensive. I hate Panera. Yeah, so the only time I feel like I've gone, I went to the one by J Street Metro Tech after I had my root canal and I got like because oh, they were like you have to eat like bland soup, foods or yeah, whatever. So I got like a. Tomato soup. Like a, oh, like a cheddar tomato or something. Yeah. yeah. And it was sad just like, on a second level. Here's a sad ass boring. Oh, God, that's so depressing, that image. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you with this like swollen mouth having this sad tomato soup at Panera on the second floor. Oh, oh it's always so dark when you go to the like second level. And you're of like, a, so of a like, fast casual Trey, chain. <laughs> like climbing up. You're like, no, 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 I'm going to be here a while. Uh, I'll settle in. Let me get planted. Um, and I'm sure her fridge now has also evolved into a multi-beverage like weird like do you think she's drink, drinking see, muscle milk she's also kind of like behind the trends it seems in the food yeah because <laughs> like this meal is like so 80s or whatever and like panera is like kind of so 10 years Not ago right. and so like she's probably still drinking a ton of vitamin water which right. no one drinks anymore and she's and it's, like, like it's good for you right and it's just and it's like, like 60 grams of sugar right. in a vitamin water so i think that yeah she has a poor diet also like i feel like rosie can i say something and I'm sure the Diet Coke is still going strong. I feel like I can tell, actually, because she's never actually had really... She's always had kind of ruddy skin. Yeah. And I know that's like she's Irish or whatever. But it's kind of like the pallor is, like, not that healthy. Like, you can tell that she has, like, a bad diet from her, like... I feel like she is, like, probably just, like, takeouting like, all the time. Yeah, a lot of takeout. 
because she kind of has like adult acne. We're really fucking dragging, dragging her. her. <laughs> I just like I don't see her clearly. She's decoupaging for eight hours. Like she's definitely not like we gather around the table and Mm-mm. like no gather. It's just like kids. What do you want? Like yeah. what's it, what's it tonight? Chinese, Mexican, and they're all playing video games in like separate TVs. Yeah, in like huge rooms. And... Yeah, and then okay, how oh, does she then, live? Well, also, okay, so her home. At one point, she's like, "I live in a big brownstone with pocket oh, doors." Oh yeah, and oh, like mahogany part, floors. That part was also so fucking like I'm doing this like. Uh, poverty porn yes. where it's like she lives in a trailer I live in a brownstone with pocket doors and it's like what's a pocket door <laughs> <laughs> that's like when it goes into the oh like they well a lot of the older like bed brownstones like have oh, them oh I see like, is so it, was her brownstone that she's describing here like in, in just like east mid or something in a weird way Oh, in Manhattan. Like a townhouse? Because yeah. now just, she lives in Nyack. Yeah, I su- I was going to say, I assume she lives in New Jersey with all the other like celebrities yeah. in their houses. And she's like so suburban and she's like, the most New Jersey person. Well, Nyack actually is technically in New York. I so, always forget so that. Which is so weird. But I, yeah, I always like think of it, it is, is New Jersey. Jersey like, culturally. And she just has this huge house with like a thousand rooms and just like, she probably has a weird craft room. And but I, just, but like, I do think that it's very, I think it's heavy mahogany. Yeah, our I favorite am, words. Heavy, heavy mahogany. Heavy, yeah. I am picturing they just big chests, big, big chests. dressers, a chest in every but room. But is she also weirdly because she is kind of this like fag haggy vibe, Streisand? Like, are there pockets of a white couch? You know what I mean? Yes, are it's, there a, it's vibes a it's of, like, a hodgepodge. Yeah, in a, in a way that does not like flow at I all. I feel like there is a random boa chair There's that a, she's like, how fun is that? How fun is that? <laughs> <laughs> so that no, there's a boa chair. There's like a high heel chair, right? But then there's like restaurants. Madonna. She has a frame poster of Madonna and somewhere. Then it's like marble table, like heavy chest. Maybe there is like a weird, like cheesy live, laugh, love frame. Yeah. But then it's just like so, like laundry hampers and like I, ooh yeah, she's I see so a lot hampers. of hamper, and it's like it's constant <laughs> washing of the sweats. Yeah. Hamper Central. Which is very, like, Long Island GTL. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like she doesn't have pets. But maybe she has a weird Marley and Me dog. I feel like, okay, can I say something? I feel like her, all of her trail of wives are always the ones with the dogs. Oh, they come in with dogs and maybe leave with the dogs. They maybe leave with the dogs. Or they buy a dog during it to save the marriage, like, oh, one and a half and, years oh, in. So I feel like Rosie is very Lena Dunham this way, where, like, She's always are. killing dogs, yeah. Yeah, like, their savior complex. They're like, we adopted Fluffy, and then, like, you don't know where Fluffy went. Right. <laughs> and Dot has passed. And they're like, oh, yeah, we actually, the pain was too hard getting over Dot, so we broke up. <laughs> <laughs> and it actually just really tore us apart, and we because I had to grieve separately. Yeah, and so I did grievers. dump her. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's just go. my grieving style. So I think, basically, maybe in the 90s when she was high rolling, as I spingled, she had a Midtown East like sloppy but fabulous but heavy house and now she lives in Nyack and also just like has the so mi- many the rooms. midtown house sloppy fabulous heavy <laughs> yeah. now there is a that's a that's description that's going to get people in the door for an open house absolutely <laughs> <laughs> and now she has a bigger sloppier Huge, more heavier yes. like more mixed up decor right um, like a room of mansion uh, in Nyack right there's a room with like so much Barbara Streisand and then a room that's all hamper and yeah. couch. No, there's like there's a floor that's all hampers. <laughs> She's also very I'm sure there's a room that's like just like memorabilia or something. Yeah, in like such a cribs way where it's like her dolls 
and like so many rosy yeah. frame things. The Suzical poster, oh, the sure. you know, a view poster, like a League of Their Own poster signed. She was so. I bet. I bet. Oh wait, just I just like we didn't even talk. So I was like, League of the Rome is huge. Oh yeah, you were just about to cry. (laughs) Sorry, like I was like, we are not going to end this up without me saying Rosie as a lesbian kind of movie. Yeah, that's a canonical seminal. League of the Rome was huge for me. Did you know you were gay when you watched it? Probably not. Hmm. But probably inside, I did. I think I was like nine or ten. Do you think it made you gay? I think it was already there. It was there. It was there. Yeah. That was like when you went to the pool when you were four or something. Yeah, that was more probably like seeing like hot like counselors. Yeah, like when I was four. <laughs> yeah, no, mine was like be like going into the men's bathroom when I was like three, mm. and just like being around the stench of men. Mm, that stench of yeah, D and B. Just being like, I can't wait till I'm an adult and I can buy my own movie tickets. Movie tickets, my own charities. charity movie tickets. <laughs> can't wait to donate to charity when <laughs> yes, I'm a grown up. So gay. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So, who are you in the book? Whew. Okay, let me guess you first. Okay, guess me. Guess my ass. I mean, I feel like a little bit you're Danny O'Donnell. Okay, he's not in the book. Like, I do feel like you're checking in and, like, uh, riding in the cop car being like, where are you? Okay. I also feel like out of the multiples. Am I Nancy, the the writer The writer, yeah, I was going to say. Who's writing her kind of long-ass emails. Long ones that are very little more where she's like, she had a way with words. Yeah, and it's like, well, they're kind of normal. Yeah, it's (laughs) more just like, this is the most normal email. So I feel like you're, you're that. I'm a deeply normal emailer. Yes. Almost, some might say, too normal. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, stand I, out out of okay. the pack. Well, I try to. I you try write to, amazing emails. I've tried to. You taught me probably the best, one of the best lessons. Oh, four lines. Yeah, for email, just yeah. be succinct. Be succinct. Wait, the how, more how did you, you say that word? <laughs> succinct. <laughs> succinct. 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 Yes, more lines, less power. Yeah. So no, the shorter your email is, the more power you have. Um, who do you think you are? Yeah, I mean, I guess I identify with Nancy and her and her normal ass emails, <laughs> <laughs> but maybe just because Rosie felt like they were working on her. Yeah. it's like I try to write an email that is going to achieve the sort of its intention, if you will. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, what's what's this email need to do? Right. I want to say that you are. I mean, I'm looking at the menu at Joe Allen's, and I'm just like. I'm Rosie. Are you Rosie? <laughs> I think I'm Rosie. I don't think I'm like I would. But you're obviously... not like her at all. You're not this like manipulative person. No, you're but deeply I... unmanipulative. Yeah, but I think I could be. Maybe I'm. Oh, maybe I'm this because Rosie always talks about how like Roe is her and Rosie is TV her. Mm. I feel like maybe I'm actually more TV. Rosie, like you're I'm Koosh. You're Koosh. You're pretending to have a crush on Tom Cruise. Yeah, so Barbara Strand. Yeah, <laughs> Barbara Strand. <laughs> yeah, well, that was kind of me with Matt Damon. I was like, with all my Matt Damon oh, pictures. Have, Lily's high school bedroom had all these like <laughs> magazine cutouts of Matt Damon on the wall <laughs> of him looking hot, and that was like, there was one. It was like a Vanity Fair photo shoot. It was him in a bathtub brushing his teeth. I yeah, I mean that did something for me when I go into your bedroom. Yeah, it was honestly it was for you. <laughs> <laughs> I was quite excited by that. Photo. So I'm like I'm fun, Rosie. I'm not like you're not. You're I'm not, not manipulative. You're not I'm not, not row. You're no. certainly not emailing at 4 a.m. No. In that sense, I'm kind of the row. 
Right. So, okay, you're, you're row I'm, four. I'm evil row. You're nice row. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, Stephen, I'm getting really hot. I think I need to take a break. I'm so steamy. I need to go to the beach for two weeks. Hey, club kids, look, we got to head to the beach. We all got to take a little vacation every now and then. I have a little pina coladas, okay? Podcasting is hard work, so we're taking a two-week break. To go stare at the cabana boy. Mm-mm. Mm. I like to sip something that they're serving. Mm-hmm. Honey, how far does that pool skimmer go? <laughs> um, and we will be returning for the school year. With? Our favorite book ever, Terry Hatcher. Burnt toast. Burnt toast. Um, which really, I think, defined my personality and certainly yours. And, and is the reason why we even do this podcast. And a, and a generation, really. So get excited. Literally do. And, um... Wear sunscreen. <laughs> <laughs> Boz Lerman, wear sunscreen. Sip, sip. Oh, wait, that song. Yeah, and wear sunscreen. <laughs> I remember they played that for us once at camp. And it was like... Cool. Yeah. It was just like, what do you remember from that song? It was like an important thing when we were like 10. And they were just like, anyway, this isn't that interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Have fun at camp. Um, I'm going to an adult summer, a queer adult summer camp yeah. in my two-week break. Uh, yeah, I'm going to a sober morning <laughs> rave um, with a bunch of my really amazing human friends. Um, and we're just going to let loose. But I can't wait to get back to you guys. Read books. I'll be all revved up for my queer adult summer camp. <laughs> We're going to learn how to make bandanas and how to make super silly socks and how to build fires and also just a lot about so fire safety. This is kind of the end. <laughs> <laughs> Um, do go forth into your life and and if you get a spingle, feel it. Feel it hard. Savor it. Know that something's coming. All the spingles. Um, yeah, spingle on. Hey, I'm Rosie. Celebrity Book Club is presented by Prologue Projects and HeadGum. The show is produced by Meg Bernane, good chick, with editorial support from Hunk of Meat Leon Nafok and Cutie Pie Andrew Parsons and Madeline Kaplan. I don't think she's attractive um, in a sexual way at all. A production manager is Persia Verlin. Same goes with her. Uh, good chick, great style, super funny broad. I wouldn't like to make sweet, sweet love to her in a gorgeous hotel in midtown Manhattan. It's not a fantasy I have, uh, not a fantasy I will have. Engineering by Ferris Munchy. Hubba hubba, is he hot? Original theme song by Stephen Phillips Horst. I used to do the, Ve the Vegas shows with him. Artwork by Teddy Mamma Mia. Look at that butt blanks at chips and why follow us on twitter at cbc the pod subscribe to your favorite podcast app leave us a review yada yada don't forget to tell your friends about us i don't get all this tech stuff That was a HeadGum Podcast. 
Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.